Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm your host, Dexter. I'm here with Nicole. Hello. Tom. What up? Armani. What's up, guys? How you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. How you guys doing? Very well. I'm chilling. I'm chilling, too. I can't complain. We're here to talk about two movies. There will be spoilers today. We back. Today, we're going to talk about the HBO Max movie, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Malcolm and Marie. Both movies that are on the streaming networks. We've got one on HBO Max, the other one on Netflix. Which one are we talking about first? So, first, we're going to start off with Judas and the Black Messiah. We're going to jump into a... I was going to say jump into the heavy one first, but they're both kind of heavy. Uh, I think way more people watch Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't think many people... I think a lot of people opted out of that. Oh, okay. Well, Judas and the Black Messiah stars Daniel Kaluuya. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, Dominique Fishback, who people recognize from the Jamie Foxx superhero movie. Mm-hmm. What was that? Roger Power. Yeah. Roger Power. Power. Um, as well as Martin Sheen's in it and some other familiar faces. It is directed by Chaka King and it was produced by. Ryan Coogler, and Charles King. So the movie is a semi-biographical account of Fred Hampton's assassination and what led up to that moment. Essentially, the FBI planted a person in the Black Panther Party to get close to Fred Hampton, and then J. Edgar Hoover, you know, did what he did, and he had him assassinated. I think everyone on this podcast is pretty familiar with the Black Panther Party and things that led up to the fall of the Black Panther Party. Are you all you all pretty well versed or at least have some knowledge of things like the Cointel Pro and stuff like that, right, Armani? For the most part, yeah. Um. Yes. Dexter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what did you guys think about this movie, Dexter? Start with you. What were your thoughts? It was a well-done historical portrayal of what I assume is mostly factual. You know, I know things are loosely based. I thought it was pretty cool. Armani, you fuck with it? Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good. It definitely showed when we start the discussion of range, Lakeith and Daniel need their flowers, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Tom? I enjoyed it a lot. There was a lot of... Uh... The characters, all the characters, you know, for the, whether it was uh, the key to Dale Kalua, especially Jesse Plemons. Well, that guy's come a long way, saying. You all realize he was one of the bully kids in Like Mike, you know what I'm saying? Like, and Like Mike. He's in Like Mike. He's one of the bully kids at the orphanage, like teasing Bow Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To bring the girl, uh, Dominique, too. Because it, it took me to a minute. I think I text you guys, like, oh, snap, that's the girl from Project Power. Because I'm looking like, she she even did a great part. I, I thought she she really did a good job acting. She did. Um, and I didn't mention that Ashton Sanders is also in the movie from Moonlight. Yes, yes. RZA. <laughs> the movie is freaking phenomenal. The So, Dale Kalua plays Fred Hampton. And Lakeith Stanfield plays Bill, the person who was sent in to, to spy on him. Um... Yeah, let's start with Dominic Fishback's performance. She played Fred Hampton's wife, uh, girlfriend, then later wife. Her performance, every time she was on screen, was super just like, I don't think engaging is the proper word. Like, her performance was just, maybe transformative might be the word? Like, I, I was really friggin' impressed. Like, anytime I she was, was say, screen, I was just like, riveted. What'd you say? Immersive. Yeah. She's fucking phenomenal. She's amazing. Armani, what did you think about her performance? I agree, it was very immersive. I mean, I feel like she kind of broke out of her, I guess the word would be archetype for roles. Like, she kind of broke out of that little kid role that she usually plays. Yeah, she definitely looked way more adult um, or came across that way in this movie, for sure. Dexter, what'd you think? I think she killed it. I thought that she was in other things, but I realized that she'd only been in a couple of other things. Um, and I think... The biggest thing that I saw her in was Project Power, because I don't think I saw the other movie she was in. She did dope. She was good. Everybody in here, the casting was amazing. Yes. This was a well-casted movie. Lakeith Stanfield, I think... Okay, so before I actually go there. Lakeith Stanfield's performance was absolutely amazing as well. And I seen a report the other day that said that he had to actually go to therapy after this movie because he was so immersed in the character and 
the story and you're playing this person who really went in there and led to help bring down the fall of this organization that was legitimately trying to help people like you were part of that so i can't imagine how the real life person coped with that and then being an actor having to immerse yourself into that and take that on i could definitely imagine i'm glad he got therapy i'm sure there's a lot of people who get so immersed in characters and don't get therapy afterward that probably should we probably name a whole lot of people do we think joaquin phoenix got help after the joker heath ledger heath ledger you know that's (laughs) probably something that should be on a set that's not especially when you do these really heavy films they probably don't even have therapists on set but they probably should like that should be a thing at least a counselor i agree with you I agree with you. It should be a thing. Like, the studio should have someone handy. And it's not... And even if it's not, like, every movie, but, like, let's just say Sony. There should be a... Sony should probably have, like, two people on staff that you only... I can imagine you probably don't have, like, a shit ton of movies filming at the same time. But let's say you have five. If out of those five, like, three of them are really heavy content, you can have, like, one person, like, visit a set, like, every so often. Like, just to be like, hey, should checking and tapping on the mental wellness of these actors who are playing these parts when they're that extreme especially now that we've seen things like heath ledger and you know him dying after that and who else is a method actor besides well charlotte buff kind of down spiral shia labeouf probably could have benefited mr creeper over there <laughs> oh well, well we'll get back to him Dale Kalua's performance. So we went back and looked up one of Fred Hampton's speeches, or a couple of them. And when you... The infliction in his voice in this movie seemed like it was very intentional. Because, I mean, you've heard Daniel Kalua speaking other things, and he didn't sound like this. And when you go back and watch some of Fred Hampton's speeches, he really captured Fred Hampton really well. What did you guys think of Daniel Kalua's performance? Tom? The voice was crazy. <laughs> the voice was crazy. I'm sorry. I, I can't get off of that. That... That's what kind of draws you in. Like, check out, check my man with his jive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. he's really, he, he really out here doing the whole, like when she was, uh, Dominique Fishback's character is telling him, you know, he's a poet and you listen to him doing like the, he's just reciting, reciting stuff and he's doing the thing. I'm like, yo, this is crazy as hell. He's killing it. Like, I don't know how much, if there's a language person there, you know, we, we were talking about, Dex was talking about Snowfall on the other podcast. I remember, I don't, what's the guy's name, the, the main character? I don't know his name, but the guy that plays the main character of Snowfall, and okay. for, he's, he's British. I remember seeing an interview with him saying he got dub C from West Side Connection to, he's just like vocal coach, you know what I'm saying, for him to sound like he's from California. And I'm thinking, like, Dale Kalua, who was you around that made you, that taught you to talk like, you know what I mean? What were you watching, or where did you pick that up? I mean, I know you guys watch a lot of American television, but like, Wait, but how did you pick that up? That That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Armani, what did you think? I mean, I, th- I thought it was a great performance overall. Uh, the movie overall was great. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really all I could say about it. The uh, I'm a revolutionary speech was yeah. amazing. <laughs> the delivery of that was amazing. Dominique Fishback's, perf- like, when after she was telling him after after that speech, when then she was telling him that, you know, you can say all these things, you don't have a body growing in you. And then, like, that goes into a whole poem. Like, there was just so much poetry in this movie. It almost didn't even seem like it was, like, a script with dialogue. It was just poetry. The whole thing is how it seemed to me. That's how it, it carried. Very well done. Oscars. Like, we should be talking about Oscars with this, these performances. There's no way... You know what? Okay, no, there is a way. And I know the way. The way Daniel Kaluuya may not be nominated for an Oscar or win an Oscar for this performance, and when they submit this, they would be submitting that speech. It would only make sense that that's the part that you submit for Oscar contention. The part that's going to suck is because of the fact that he straight up says, kill cops in that speech. As soon as he said that, I was like, there will be no Oscar. That's what's going to stop him from getting an Oscar for this. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why we're talking about this. There will be no Oscar. There may not be an Oscar consideration. That's gonna be no funny. nomination. No, we we can't get a nod for that. We can. I, mean, I think it's almost it's still an honor to be not nominated. So yeah, he won't win. But he. Just, I, have, I have something. What do you guys think of? What, we talking about performances. What are, a scene in the movie that really was probably I thought like kind of caught me off guard and I enjoyed a lot was a scene with uh, Laura Laura Holly. Is that how you say it? Laura. Yeah, Laura came in the scene. I thought that was so ill. 
because I was like, oh shit, it's my man. And then, so how much does the FBI agent, how much does we get paid for working for the FBI? Da, 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 da. I'm like, where is this going? And then, you know, that whole scene with, you know, yeah, show me your badge, show me your badge, show me your badge. And he pulls out Lakeith's fake badge. Mm-hmm. That was that was wild to me. I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> he gave him the little whatever that was. Like, yeah, you want your man to go easy on him, go get, get fucked up, right? I'm like, wow. He's, I'm like, yo, that was hot. Because, you know, because usually you, you see him in a movie, it's, he's about to be something, be funny. You know what I'm saying? It'd be kind of the comic relief in the situation. And he you realize he no, you wasn't really being funny. You're being in my mind you're funny, but just like the scene wasn't funny at all. And it was just that, that I thought that was really great. It was wherever they thought to put that in there, that was super dope. Yeah, this is the second time that all three of them have been in a movie together. They were in get out together, all three of them. That is dope. Because that was his boy. That was his boy and <laughs> that was his boy. The Keith got snatched up walking down the street. About a brother. Okay, so this movie should qualify because the cutoff dates for submissions or qualifying release dates for Oscars is January 1st, 2020 through February 28th, 2021. So it makes the cutoff. However, from what I am seeing right now of like early predictors of Oscar nominations for Best Actor, hang on the list. We got uh, Chadwick for Ma Rainey, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Music, Stephen Young. The Sound of Metal. Yeah. Gary Oldman. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, basically, he's not Delroy Lindo for the Five Bloods. Yeah, he's not on the main list, but he's on the secondary, like, top-tier award contenders. Um, what was the, on, did it say the cutoff date? What was it again? February 28th. Really? It's the end of this month. So, yeah, from January of last year till the end of February is the release dates for Oscar contenders. And the nominations are announced March 15th. Will be announced. Mm, okay. So, I th- yeah, I do think that that part of that speech is what's going to keep him or keep that possibly out. Because that's probably... So, like, author- so, authenticity is an issue. Yes, I think it will be. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it will be. <laughs> to be honest, okay. I mean, at the end of the day, like that... And I mean, let's be real. I mean, if he said that in that speech, what I'm going to assume that he possibly, he, that he said it, because I don't think that they would just throw that in there for fucking shock value. Right. So he really said that, and it's just like, oh, man, I understand, like, the time period, but still, just outwardly saying, kill cops. Well, he has a good shot, either way, because yeah. he's not the lead actor, he's the supporting actor. Who's the lead actor? Mm-hmm. Lakeith. Lakeith is top though? Is he? He thinks so? I, mean, I feel like it's his movie, but it's a movie about Fred Hampton, though, but I feel like the movie is told from uh, what's his name, Bill O'Neill or whatever, Lakeith's character. But see, with that's from his point of view. That's the thing, though. You know, when you look at movies and you look at how they make any movie, one of the things that I've noticed about all the movies that we're watching and when we watch, there's they're always telling a story through one character. It doesn't necessarily mean that that character is the entire arc of the, the, the show, you know what I'm saying, or the movie or whatever. Usually it's one weird person, and he's regular and normal. It's even like with, um, who's the main person in Fargo? It wasn't Chris Rock. It's the girl. It's oh, Rita. Everything is taught through this insignificant person, and then they weave everything through those people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You could say that the show was about the canons and the fathers, but in reality... The show went through her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And hey, she was telling their, reading their report at the end. Like, you know, it was all, she was kind of reading off and telling a story. Yes. This movie also has Dominique Thorne in it. So I just wanted to mention her because she will be playing young Ironheart in the MCU. So yeah, it's, it was nice to see her in something else. I was like, okay, girl. Can we yeah. talk about Jesse Plemons? Did y'all like him? Yes, I did like his acting. I, you know, yeah. We talked about Jared Leto being a creep. Man, this <laughs> like this guy was like the most savage FBI agent ever. Like, yeah, we need you to get like that scene where he's like, yeah, uh, what's my old head? Martin Sheen tells him, yeah, we need to uh, get your boy to do something else. Get, get Fred Hampton. <laughs> you know, he's just just how he's kind of like grooming. You know what I'm saying? I love the dynamic every time that uh, um, we go to meet him at, at like this restaurant or whatever, the scene. Mm-hmm. And how fresh Lakeith Stanford would be at these meetings with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then you see him when he's with Fred Hampton. It's like, just got this army jacket on in the, in the, like the beret or whatever. And it's like, 
It's just that that was just wild. I, like I said, I think Jesse Clemens has come a long ass way, and I was I enjoyed his 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 portrayal of this of this FBI agent. I, I shout out to him being like the one white guy in this. Yeah. Can I interject real quick? Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever seen Crown Heights, which is a Lakeith Stanfield movie? Mm-mm. No, I haven't. No. It's based off of This American Life podcast. Oh, it's one of my shit joints. Yeah, Crown Heights. It's about Colin Warner, a man wrongfully convicted of murder. I'm going to check it out or whatever. I'll let y'all know. But I was just wondering if y'all had seen it because I was going to speak on how Lakeith has a pretty... Uh, his filmography is pretty awesome. He has about 10 movies that are significantly impactful. You know, and even like with his shows, like from Atlanta to Get Out to Sorry to Bother You to Selma. He was in Dope back in the day. Straight out of Compton, he played Snoop. He's done a lot of... He was in Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, he's he, he, he was in Uncut Gems. These are all movies that I recommend that you watch. You know what I mean? Lakeith is definitely a force to be reckoned with. Everything that, you know, he's in seems to be pretty impactful. So I wanted to touch on that because I feel like we are in an era of black excellence on screen when it comes to the crop of actors that we have right now. And I don't know if we've seen this many at one time because I feel like we have Lakeith, we have Daniel, we have, what's his name, Yah? Yeah, Yah Mateen. Yes. We got him. We got the dude who played Atticus. Like, huh? I said we got Lupita. Lupita. I mean, I was talking about men. I was naming men. But now let's go on to females. We've got Lupita. You've got Regina King. Even though she's been acting forever, like, it's like she's really, like, just taking on us. Like, her career just has a, a second chapter to it, almost. Like, it's like, it's a whole different actress, like, actor that we see at this point. Like, her, the growth. But, yeah, like, it's, we've, this is, we've got a lot of great black actors doing great things right now, I feel like, on screen. Mm-hmm. Putting up big performances. And things, and even some lesser-known people, like in Seven Seconds, the the young lady who played the lawyer—I don't know her name off the top of my head—but her performance in that amazing. And we were briefly brought up the fact that these British actors, because of course it's you know comes up in the news again, British actors coming over and, and you know and getting these jobs, and they're playing American, African Americans in the diaspora, and people are mad about it. But it's fucking quality acting. It's like who else could you stick? In these roles. Like, we're not putting... Give me somebody. It's a black American actor. D-Ray. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> D-Ray's not playing Lakeith's part in this movie. He might be able, I mean, he might be able to pull that off, but... I mean, you're not... It's not a knock on D-Ray. Yeah. It's just more or less... You don't well, see the range It's like we got, we got Chadwick Boseman to play a character from Africa, and he's not African. Well, you know, he's American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chadwick was another one who, you know, was definitely on that. Right, uh, uh, what's my man? My man, uh, what's Ghost Dog's name? Forrest Whitaker. He played Idi Amin, Last King of Scotland. So you, I'm saying, like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So we've got we've got a couple, you know what I'm saying, playing different the characters. There is some flip to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you know you're not gonna put Morris Chestnut was not playing Fred Hampton in this movie. Right. Oh, you're right. Huh? No, I said you're right. So it's I mean, Jamie Foxx pulls off, you know, these roles. Will Smith pulls off these roles. I'm trying to think of other, like, Americans that do this as well. But either yeah, way. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of. Americans that are that no, do, like, characters that aren't American. No, that's just that's kind of hard. Will Smith don't pull off those. Mm, seven pounds? He's pulling off these roles. He got nominated for Ali. Ali in seven pounds. His performance in Seven Pounds was pretty was pretty deep. That shit was sad. He wasn't doing nothing outside of his wheelhouse like Ali. He didn't do good at concussion. Yeah, see what I'm saying? There's a perfect example. Thanks, Dex. That's a good example. Because you look at that, tell the truth. Like you, I just quote that just because. Tell like, the it, truth. It, it, tell the truth. It, it tell just the sounds, truth. It sounds bad. It made me not want to watch it. Like, stop, man. You're not, the accent don't sound cool, bro. Okay, not everyone's filmography is perfect, but right. <laughs> what I'm saying. I just watched I just watched Wesley Snipes in um Cutthroat City. He wasn't he didn't was play man very well either. No. No. Okay, how about uh Denzel and the Mighty Cooks? It was a long time ago, but it's a deep cut, right? It's a deep cut, right? You like that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
He had an action through the whole movie. Yikes. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think that shape-shifting is not something we do best. I think it has something to do with the fact... And I'm not saying that we don't shape-shift. There's plenty of actors that shape-shift. There's plenty of actors that are black that do this. I just don't know how popular they are all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's one of those things where when you grow up outside of here, you aspire... Think about it, right? When we aspire to talk like them, we have our own mindset of what a British accent is. It could be a Wales accent. It could be an accent from South. I think we do the cockney. And then it could sound like Australian, but we don't care because at the end of the day, that part is not the most important part. Now, think about it from the other way around. If you're from England, you have Southern accent, you have a Boston accent, you have a New Orleans accent, you have a Florida accent, you have California vernacular, you have, you know what I'm saying, you have people right. that talk from Kansas City, you New have Orleans. Midwest, you know what I'm saying, you have all of these different places, you have people from New York, you have people from New Jersey, you have people from Philadelphia, all of these people have different ways of of speaking the same language so when they look at us and they look at mimicking things that we do they have probably been mimicking our southern accents you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. if you look yeah. at like daniel craig in no they came up watching in, in, our television you know what i'm saying so look at daniel craig and knives out playing a southern man mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just i think that it's more in their wheelhouse to come where we're at than we are to come where they're at i mean the simple fact is they're more cultured than us and i mean robert Downey jr doing sherlock there it is but i mean at the end of the day he's next to jude law so who is a legitimate you know yeah exactly i love it i mean i just think that they you know they they watch more of our stuff you know we don't watch a lot of british television like we do but you know we but we don't they're their ambition is to get to Hollywood and they're watching American movies exactly. and TV and cinema. We really don't, Tom. It's niche out here. The average person don't know who Doctor Who is, yo. Yeah, exactly. And you would think that as big as it is, as big as it is and how long it's been going, it has to have fans. But it's like, it's such a niche thing. I can understand why people don't, people don't watch English things. They will legitimately take an English hit and then remake it within here. a couple of years. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like the, the office, about, you if go. you think about Animal Kingdom, if you think about Shameless, if you think about Utopia, said, you know what I'm saying? The office is the, is like that's funny. There's like an Australian office. There's like a Korean office. Exactly, you know like office, like all of our big, you know, some of our biggest things are spinoffs of their stuff, and vice versa. You know what I mean? So you know, no idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. It's not what you do, but how it's done. Shout out to Nasir. Yeah, it. Yeah, I think we're in a good time for movies. I'm definitely excited to see what comes next from literally everybody in this movie. This is a special fucking movie. Like this movie will go down as one of like those top films. Like this needs to be on AFI's list of top 100. Something's getting knocked the fuck off for sure. This definitely belongs there. Maybe one podcast we need to actually go down that AFI list and talk about it. Why is this movie that good for you to say that? <sighs> There was not wasted space. I didn't feel like there was very much of any wasted space. I feel like everyone's moments when they were on screen, they were doing something. It was like there was no wasted dialogue. There was no wasted, like, in that scene where we talk about that speech when I made the comment when we were watching it back. When he was making that speech, you have three different, you have truthfully four different characters in that room simultaneously going through four different things we got four different fucking like actions like there was four different yeah like it was just four different dynamics going on in one no, that's great great insight Nicole, i agree with you on that like that was that was a master class in just fucking direction and that was i don't i don't know if there's too many perfect scenes in movies but i feel like that was a perfect fucking scene like that that's yeah that's, that's true i agree with you that's great insight that just, just look at it like that it, it was there's no there's not a wasted scene in the movie. Okay, all. Tom, what do you rate it? Uh, what's my high? Ten out of what? ten. 
10 out of 10. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm IMDb gives us 10 on, stars, hold on, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Run this back. Run that back. Run that back. <laughs> I knew what you meant. What's your high? <laughs> what if we well, said... What's with the highs? Because we could have been five out of... You know, one out of five being the highest, 10 out of... You know, I don't know where we're going. In five and I'll, 10. Guy. I'll say... I'm going to give it 10 out of 10, man. That's, this, it was hard. I like this shit a lot. I'm watching it. Nick? I'm giving it a 10. Armani? I'll give it a 9 out of 10. What do you give it? What you giving it, Dexter? It's like an eight. No, I mean it's it's not bad. Like one day maybe we'll have to sit down and we'll have to do like these are our tens and these are our like nines and these are our eight. But I mean I think eight's probably fair. What what? I mean I, mean, I think that I'm the type of person that when I rate things, I think that I always leave room for I guess improvement or whatever. I always leave some some sort of cushion. So I don't know what the hell would be a ten. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I damn sure, you know, I, I it would have to be something a little bit more to me for it to be a nine or a ten. However, if we're talking about performances, if we're talking about execution, um, this movie is definitely a ten. However, when we're talking about cumulatively a movie, and if it's ten out of ten, it's still an eight. But I really enjoyed it, and I see why y'all enjoyed it. It was a um, it was a well done movie, and you said this is his first movie. Whose first movie? The, the director, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it is. Yeah, I believe when we had uh, looked up that information last time, that we realized that this was his first movie. I think he's did some work somewhere else. Yeah, it's all like short films. Yeah, it's only been short films. This is his first feature length feature length director job. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, this is his first feature-length movie, so that's amazing. Have oh, Ryan Coogler there producing with you, like, so, I don't know. I think when you touch things like this, it has to be done right anyway. I actually watched Panther just recently, so it was interesting to watch Bobby Seale, who played... Bobby Seale, who was played by Courtney B. Vance in Panther, actually was the gentleman... Because they kind of downplayed Bobby in this movie. Bobby was in the movie. He was, I don't know if you remember the scene where he came and he was kind of like downplaying Fred. And he was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is the speaker. This is what everybody's talking about. I didn't really know who Bobby Seale was as much before that. Like, I know the names. You know, I don't know the story as much. I was young when Panther came out. And I ain't, I'm not as, uh. I grew up in a very mountain household, so. So you've known all about, yes. got you. But Bobby, um, they kind of downplayed it and made it seem like Bobby was just somebody from another chapter. Yeah, he was part of, he was the head of the national organization, whereas Fred Hampton actually was the leader for Illinois. Illinois. It was interesting to watch Panther and see how that happened because they don't really go into Huey. They talk about Huey, but. You could tell that they decided to come into this and show you the timeline after Huey passed. Yeah, and I think it was it's good that they focused solely on Fred Hampton as opposed to like Panther focused on a lot of the founding members, a few of the founding members. Right. This focused and that's that's another testament to why this was to me such a well done movie because some movies like you they focus on too much. This kept essentially focused on this one person and that was it like we didn't get we didn't we don't dive into a whole bunch of what the panthers were doing other places necessarily it is concise i got two more things to say the soundtrack is pretty dope we got some new jay-z music featuring uh, no actually it's nipsey featuring jay-z when i first heard about this it always me to jay-z saying that he died no he was born the day fred hampton died he said something about that in you know the song or whatever the second thing i wanted to say was and uh i guess the final thing that i'll say about this movie was the name the title of the movie is mm-hmm. fire mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's fire like for you it could have just been the fred hampton story or it could have been they made sure to let you know that we had Judas <laughs> and <Right>. Black Messiah. <laughs> you you can't tell one story without telling the other. The end credits, the movie comes to an end, and you have like the, almost an epilogue. You know the words, dialogue being put on the screen, and then you're seeing like the interview with the actual guy mm. that Lakeith Stanfield uh, plays. It, I thought that was that was really like 
like, 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 like really good. You don't usually get that in film. It's never a situation where I see the end of a movie and be like, sheesh, well, you just, you just topped that off, didn't you? You just made it so, now it made, you, you completed my, the story for me. Thank you. I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, shout out to them for that, because, you know, that was really good as far as, you know, as, as the filmmaking was concerned. For sure. That's it. <laughs> so the next movie that we're going to discuss, Malcolm and Marie, stars Zendaya, John David Washington, and that's it. Two people. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is directed by Sam Levinson. It is produced by Zendaya, John David Washington, Sam Levinson, and a few other people. It is written by Sam Levinson. Music by Labyrinth. I just want to throw that out there. So if you're familiar with Euphoria, Sam Levinson also writes directs Euphoria as well. This is a cast of people or a writing crew of people, creative crew that has worked together before. When you've got people who are already familiar with each other, I feel like that lends well to doing other projects. This movie is actually the first movie, the first Hollywood feature film that was written, shot, produced completely during COVID-19. The production team of 22 people created this movie, shot it, did all the good stuff, edited all that. In secret. In secret. Yes. Last summer. This movie literally follows in real time an argument between a couple after Malcolm gets an award for something. I don't even know what he got an award for. I don't think it's an award. I think he just, the movie premiered. Oh, okay. It premiered. Okay. No, he got an award for it. That was Did he get an award? I thought it was just a he got an award. Like he just left the premiere. No, he got an award and he didn't thank her during his speech. Oh, yeah, he didn't thank her. Is it okay? So he does. Re- he returns home from his film premiere with his girlfriend. Um, so he probably made a speech at the film premiere and he did not thank her. This again follows in real time a discussion between this couple, and boy does it get fucking dark at times. <laughs> Dexter, what did you think about this movie? I thought it was real. Uh, thought it was very reality based i i always respect when content has a level of detail that is so personalized that you go damn i didn't think of that or damn that's definitely something that should have been in here that i wouldn't have thought of there's so many nuances of that in this movie that i thought it was pretty genius however i think that the overall consensus of this movie is that these motherfuckers are toxic mm-hmm. and that they're in a toxic relationship. I realized that I was the only one that thought that this was such a genius take on a conversation about all the nuances that can happen during a conversation in a relationship. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it was a lot of shit going on and a lot of takes and a lot of dynamics that were caught in this particular movie that I don't believe have been caught in anything before it. Now, I didn't watch that divorce movie, Armani. Didn't you watch that, the one with Adam Driver? I didn't watch it, but I know the premise of it for the most part. All right, then we Marriage talk. Story? Yeah, that one. I heard that was good. I'm going to watch that. Tom, did you watch Marriage Story? No, something like, it was one of those movies like I always wanted to watch because, of, you know, people, when stuff gets nominated, I always try to check it out. And it was on the list and didn't get, I never got to watch it. Okay. Well, let's watch it. Let's watch it. We don't have to deep dive on it, but let's just watch <laughs> it and talk about it. All right. So Marie's beef at the beginning is the fact that she was not thanked in this speech because she feels that this movie essentially is based on her struggles when she was dealing with her drug use and her recovery. There were so many moments in this movie where she was expressing her feelings of why she was upset. Like, he asked her, what the fuck you mad about? What you mad about? Like, what's your problem? What, what's your beef? She tells him. And then he tells her she's stupid for feeling that way, basically. And that is literally <laughs> the fucking argument. She tells him. He tells her she's stupid. And then he tells her all the reasons why he thinks she's, her feelings are irrelevant and stupid. And this is like, yo, if she oh, don't wow. punch him in the face at some point. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I really thought this was going to become a horror movie at a point. Like, the bathtub after, scene. After the bathtub scene, I was like, oh, she's going to kill him. I see. He got, he had to die. <laughs> at that moment, it's like, oh, this nigga got to die. No, that's the best scene in the movie, I think, for, for me. The bathtub scene. Just her not, the, just the, day of, the emotion she's showing on her <laughs> face with no dialogue. <sighs> like, you, you feel that shit. 
Yep. You feel that shit. And it's like, this nigga's gonna die. She's gonna cut this nigga in his sleep or something. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the fuck about to happen to him. Like, something gonna happen to this boy. But when he, I'm watching the scene, like, ooh, I wouldn't have said that one. You like, should he, cut that to yourself, bro. <laughs> it's like to verbally eviscerate someone and then two minutes later, I love you. Nah, bitch, you keep that same energy you had in that bathroom. <laughs> nah, son. don't you dare ever part your lips. You don't. Okay. You know she crazy too, right? You know she's toxic too, right? Because it sounds like y'all making it seem like David Washington is the only person that was that, toxic. That was toxic. No, she should have dropped it. In that I, I moment, like she he was. He was trying to piece it up though. And no. she should have dropped it. You know, I understand. Yeah, I mean, she didn't drop. She dropped a lot of fucking insults too. Like I don't. Call that nigga mediocre, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to have a conversation in the first mediocre. place, though. But when you mean she didn't want to have a conversation, like, like, like when they walked in that house, she said, "You drunk? Let's just. I'm making some food. Go to sleep. That's it. Could have been just that." But see, but that's the thing. People want you to be okay with your passiveness what it comes down to is you can't expect somebody to be okay with you walking around with an attitude and not speaking on it right but people should be able to have the license to walk around and excuse me people should be able to have the license to just be able to deal with whatever they're dealing with and say hey give me a moment because I do believe she asked for a moment. Or I do believe she tried to go to bed. You know what I'm saying? And said, but I'll make you this bullshit. But she wanted points for making the bullshit. But I get it. I understand. Like, I think the reason why the movie was done so well is because I understand both parts. I'm really good at seeing both point of views. So at the end of the day, she's looking at it like, I'm not trying to say nothing. I want to, you know, just make you this food and keep it moving because I'm not trying to ruin your night. But in his defense, he's looking like oh, my night's already ruined. My night's already too. messed up, so I don't understand. And your night is obviously messed up too. So why don't we just have a conversation about it? At the end of the day, you're gonna walk around with the with that energy anyway. So what's the point of us acting like things are okay? You know what I mean? I don't know if you know girls know, but like a guy, when we do anything and we're out and we achieve something and we're all out and dressed. Like, we want to have sex when we come back home. She basically let him know right off rip he wasn't getting no sex. So now that I'm not getting no sex, Lizarre. we can have any conversation because <laughs> <laughs> that shit's already off the table. You know what I mean? But I understood, you know, her side and I understood his side. I thought that that's why it was so good. However, I ain't hear a lot of caping for him. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to jump in and cape for John David, young Denzel. Yeah, he was toxic, but he was dealing with somebody who... Who was what? She was a trip. She was unstable. He could have walked away. She she was unstable. My man walked outside, walked around the house, came back, looked through the bathroom window like, yo, I'm mediocre? I said, oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) She knew... The words to trigger. Yeah, she was pressing his buttons, and that's my <laughs> issue. That's where I had to decide with that. She knew what to say to press his buttons, and she went for it. And that, 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 she and that's the alone. dynamic of relationship, period. Like, you can either choose to fight with fire, or you can choose to withdraw from the fight. It's only two things that you can do. And every time you choose to take a shot, you can't act like you're holier than thou. You right, she said it talking about I fucked your friends and shit well. like that. Like, no, come on now. That's something else. Don't Mad get twisted. lines were crossed. He was a wild yeah. boy. And a lot of things that he said, like, you know, I think the biggest thing with them is it always sucks when it seems like one person is smarter than the other person or more intelligent oh, in how they speak. That for sure was another thing. It was quite clear that he was the more articulate one. Mm-hmm. And he knew that. So he talked at her like that. Yeah, he did. She said it. She's like, you went to college. You went da, 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 da. You're educated. Da, 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 da. Right, another thing. Let me ask you, what y'all think about the rant? The, uh, the, the, you know, the film rant when he just started coming at that. Do you think that was forced, like, by a director? By the director of Sam, uh, what's it, Levinson? What you mean forced? He went on this whole thing when they were reviewing the movie and he started talking, I watched this movie and I, I seen this film. The director was trying to, do you think that was just some, some film school shit? Yes, it was. I felt like that watching it. I was like, this is something that at that moment I didn't know like who actually wrote it. I didn't have the the writer's name in my mind. I was like, but this feel like something 
that was a congruent with the argument. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is interestingly placed, but it's definitely a film person. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that that's actually where he that's where he lost me. I guess he had lost me before that at certain times, but that's when he at inherently had lost me completely. When he started bitching about that, I was like, oh, so you just don't know how to... Take anything. Yeah, like, you're, the way that you receive things is just warped, period. You're you're very self-indulged. So and, that's what made you think this man was crazy? That was... <laughs> no, I, no, that's when I completely wrote him. <laughs> no, that's when I completely wrote him off. That's when I said, okay... You know, because at the end of the day, everything is coming from a reaction uh, point of view. I mean, everything is coming from a reaction mind state. You know what I mean? So everybody's, you know, just it's rapid fire coming back and forth. You know what I mean? Rapid fire. So it, it's not you can't really be knocked for your reaction immediately. However, when we start to accumulate <laughs> your reactions of how you are throughout the entire time and then when you take away, I think when you're in a relationship, that relationship stuff, it weighs on you however relationship stuff weighs on you. Meaning like, if you guys already have problems, then your conversation is gonna have those problems in the conversation. The tone may be based off of those problems that you have in a relationship. All of those little uh, degrees of your relationship come up in your conversation. I think mm -hmm. that when you're when you're talking about a film, your film, and somebody says something about it, like we were talking about in last podcast, there's different degrees of everything. So it's like, first of all, when you read it, why are you reading it like that? Okay. Second of all, when you read it, why do you care that much? Third of all, when you read it, why does it invoke that type of emotion in you? Why do you let something... Yeah, he had a whole moment, dog. He spazzed. You know what I'm saying? He spazzed, and he's in the room by himself. You know what I'm saying? He's in the room she by said it. She said that, like, you just had a whole argument with yourself about yeah, this. Like, <laughs> like, so that's what made me go, oh, shit. You're articulate and crazy. All right. I get you, Armani. He was tripping from the very beginning. However... You don't know whose side to jump on until, you know, I think everybody jumps on the side of who they're going to root for. Or maybe you don't jump on the side or whatever. Maybe you don't care. That's, but everybody that's, is. He was crazy. Late he was to. crazy when he ate that macaroni and cheese like that. Yo, he fucked that shit up. He was eating that shit angry as fuck. I, I ain't never seen no shit like that in my life. And mind you, it was like two o'clock in the morning. He was fucking that macaroni and cheese up. Like, he, you, you know, can he hear that shit. He was. <laughs> that, that type of macaroni and cheese shouldn't even been in that house. <laughs> it's a nice ass house. You shouldn't even be right. back no more. It was a rental. It was a rental. Yeah, they mentioned that the studio. She was like, "You went back for seconds." I heard that shit. He was eating that shit loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's another thing. Like when you arguing with somebody and they doing sh bullshit like that, like taking their time, fucking eating, and then going back and you getting more. Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? So you're just gonna sit here? You gonna eat? You gonna you gonna have a whole fucking meal and like you gonna do all that in the middle of this conversation? You got right damn here? right. I'm up. And it was getting worse. I was, I was supposed to pouring himself a drink. I was supposed to get some celebratory loving and go to sleep, but since I'm up, I'm hungry. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like when your kid is up at 12 o'clock at night talking about they want something to drink. It's like, nigga, if you don't go to sleep, <laughs> you would sleep, you wouldn't be Sleep, you wouldn't be thirsty. <laughs> um, so the movie ends with the two of them going to bed without saying anything to each other. And then they wake up, Malcolm wakes up, and he's alone. And then he gets up, looks out the window, and Marie's standing outside, and he goes out there, he stands next to her, and then that's how the movie ends. So we don't know what the actual outcome of this was. It just ends. How do we feel about it just ending like that? Armani, how did you feel about the ending? Well, I don't feel like it just ended like that. I feel like that last little segment that Zendaya said about why she was so upset about him not saying thank you, I feel like it was kind of like, uh, she was kind of right. Uh, this could have just been that. Could have just said sorry. Yeah, there was just so many <laughs> 
was like, nigga, just say sorry. Just like, fucking really, say it really just sorry. came to a you could have just said sorry. Because it got so bad that it was. Yeah. Did he ever say sorry? Nope. He didn't say I feel like he did. But it, it was like, it felt like he was trying to be sincere, but it came off kind of condescending. Like, okay. Yo, all right. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, 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 you have an argument. You just want the person to shut up. You're uh-huh. just like, yo, all right. You just saying it. I felt like he said it like that. But I like the fact that he took it like, you're not really sorry, dog. You just, you just yeah. saying it to shut me the fuck up. You want me no. to shut up? You just saying sorry. I just, that's how I took it. That, that scene where she came in there with the knife, <laughs> she was that crazy, Ew. and Ew. then she was like, "That's acting." Ew. <laughs> like, Ew. Ew. Yeah. Ew. That's what I was like. It's crazy too. She crazy. Like I sat up, I sat up. Like whoa, whoa. She about oh mental health (laughs) alert. Like hold on. I'm like oh she was acting. I was like yo shout out to her for acting because I only looked at Zendaya as like this little Disney kid and she was acting super grown, super grown (laughs) in this movie. I'm gonna have to watch Euphoria as soon as I finish watching some other shows that I'm watching. I'm going straight for Euphoria just to see you know more of this. I'm impressed. Very interesting. Yeah. And I'm impressed with her. It's not hard to watch after maybe like the first episode. Just as a parent, you should watch Euphoria. How about the kids? She get nominated for this? I feel like she did. I feel like she needs to. I feel like she won. She won? Yeah, okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Yes, you need to watch Euphoria. Just that's Euphoria is definitely one of those shows that all parents should watch. Yeah, Zendaya is absolutely amazing in this. Oh man, talk about that. They both killed it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. John both bodied it. John David Washington again, another amazing phenomenon. I mean, he's great in Ballers. His best performance? I heard someone say that between mm-hmm. Ballers, Tenet. Uh, what's the movie where he's the cop? I haven't seen, but I know he's a cop in the movie. Anthony Ramos. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. It's called uh, Monsters and Men. Where he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I'm looking at his movies that I've seen. Huh. You know, I don't know if that's fair because this is just such a monologue heavy movie so can we really compare it to monsters and men and black Klansmen? i mean maybe black Klansmen. well it's two hours almost an hour and a half him yelling i mean doing their they, they, what they do but again okay so yes so that and that is why i put him on that list of great blackness that we got on screen right now like he i think he will eclipse his father oh you think so i think so i think he will i don't think he has the charisma hold on okay wait Armani, what'd you say? I, I don't think he has the same charisma, though, to be honest. Tom, what'd you say? I can see this being the separation, but he has too many of his dad's mannerisms. The, the the cadence of their speech is so similar, almost. You can catch it as you're listening. Like, wow, you close your eyes. Like, boy, yeah, you're Denzel's son. I yeah. Hear it. yeah. You know what I mean? I think but that's though. It's going to take me something, a really, really good performance for me to say, you're your own guy. Tenet wasn't it, okay? Even no. though you were the... Literal protagonist, but Tenet isn't it. I don't think we've gotten that movie yet, but I think we will get it from him. I see. This is the beginning of the separation from him being Denzel's son. Like you have an acting ability, you just need more That's experience, true. maybe. I looked at Denzel's catalog the other day. There will be no one that will ever do what he. The Mighty Quinn. No, stop. <laughs> Yo, after after. Maybe three, I think he's had like four films where he was a supporting actor. And then I think he has had maybe like three or four films after that where he was like on billing, but he was like second, like on like in Philadelphia. I know in Pelican Brief, he was second to Julia Roberts. However, I think shortly after that, maybe it was like his eighth or ninth movie. He's literally been the lead. For every single movie he's ever been in. And it's been at least like 20 movies. twenty, And they're like 20 good movies. The worst movie he's ever done with his lead name on it was like Virtuosity. He has had an impeccable career. I don't think it's even... I don't think it's possible for anyone that is starting now to have that type of career. Wait, you said you don't think it's possible? No. Not if you're starting now, because I don't, especially now, especially when you're talking about, this is like the strike in the NBA or like the weird season that had COVID for the NBA. Like, this is the, like, how do you have an impeccable career like Denzel when ain't no Hollywood? But I mean, we just got Juice and the Black Messiah. We just got that performance from Daniel Kaluuya, so. That wasn't made, that was made for the movies. 
Yeah, that was a that was a studio film that just got. It's one of Warner Brothers studio yeah. films that just got released. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, okay, like, so then, and if he's able to pull this off on a movie that was filmed in one space, this is artsy though. This is artsy. Yeah, this ain't this ain't. I'm not walking out of the movie theater as happy as I am watching it on Netflix. I get it. I yeah, I mean, I'm I not going to see this in the movie theater. That's number one. That's just right off rip. I'm not going to see this in the movie theater. Yeah, when is this dropping? Is nope. this dropping night right before uh, Valentine's Day? Nobody's going to see this. Nah, that's a movie. Oh my God! Don't go to don't go to see this for Valentine's Day. Ruin yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be beefing all night. <laughs> yeah, uh, you want to poke holes in your relationship? Watch this. <laughs> right. Now, nah, I'm just saying that there is no, you know, it's just like Leonardo. It's not just it's not just Denzel. Like blockbusters, you know, the closest person to those guys these days are like Kevin Hart, The Rock. You know what I mean? There, there is no box office draw like that anymore. You know what? I just had a thought and I really hate that I had this thought. But I feel like John David Washington is probably going to get the career that Chadwick would have had. Those roles? Who's to say mm-hmm. what Chadwick would have had? I mean, you can't. What he started doing. I agree with you, Nicole, because I've had this conversation with Dex before about uh, Leo in River Phoenix. Yeah, I feel they, like Leo great. got those roles yep. that Leo that, that River, River Phoenix would have got. Yeah, yeah River Phoenix is not as good as Leonardo DiCaprio. Cut it he out. He would have been, though. That's no, the point. He would have been. Have you yo, ever seen Wild Hearts? Yo, don't you talk about shapeshifter Leo. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He is he is a national treasure. <laughs> Armani, you don't like him. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm not messing with Leo like that. Why? What should be for Leonardo DiCaprio? What I mean, doing? I have a beef. I just don't care for him necessarily. She hasn't seen a lot of good movies. So I just found a movie called The Old Man and the Gun. Came out in 2018. It stars Robert Redford. Robert Redford? Yes. Casey Affleck, Danny Glover, Tika Sumpner, Tom Watts, Sissy Spacek, John David Washington, and Keith Carradine. God damn. One thing about that movie that I've I've seen with the trailers, the cinematography looks crazy. They, They make it, they like like, I don't know whether the, the film to make it look older. And I was going to ask you guys, what did you think about the uh, the cinematography in Malcolm and Marie? Oh, it was great. I think the fact that it was done in black and white made it better. Super artsy. I love it. I love I don't think you would have. That type of filmmaking I love. That house was built. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The set, that set was extremely perfect for the black and white. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, that movie would have landed as well had it been in color. Because I think that having it in black and white keeps your attention solely on the dialogue. Yep. You're not exactly. looking at any colors, anything bright. Like it just keeps you right there. So I agree. Very well done. Malcolm Marie out of ten stars. What are you giving it, Armani? I give it a eight point five out of ten. Tom, what are you giving? <laughs> give it an eight. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten stars. Nah, take it back. I'm giving it a six out of ten. No. <laughs> I'm giving this uh I'm giving this one an eight too. Okay. All right. Those are very fair. Um, very fair scores, I think. Do we? Why, okay. Why six? Why six? If, we're, if everyone's eight and eight, eight and above, why the six? Why the six? Yeah. No, no. I just, I just don't see the replay value. Like, I don't foresee me watching this again. I only watched it the amount of times I watched it because we had to discuss it for this podcast. I right. don't think I will probably ever watch that again. I recommended the movie a lot, to so I feel like the fact that it made me recommended like you know people always come to town you watch this i watch this i said i just watched malcolm marie I, oh check that shit out it's, it's dope you know what i mean really good this is a really good film the dialogue the real the character piece that's how i described it uh-huh. an hour and a half of people arguing you you you're but it, you know it keeps your attention you know what i mean through the whole time yeah it's just it's it has no replay value for me that's just the only that's that's literally the sole purpose for the score it was great exactly. visually acting's great everything is great the idea the premise i love you know, I like plays, so I'm okay with movies that are shot like a play in one scene and things like that. But I mean, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> was like a play, shot like a play. Here, I agree with you. I, I, I actually have an opposite view. The reason why I gave it an eight is because I feel like everything they set out to do, they perfected it. I don't think that there was anything else that they could have done to make this movie any more than what it was anything else that they would have done to it would have possibly made it stupid 
I think that they stayed very much within the lines of what they were trying to do. And I think that they both had really captivating performances. I think it was shot well. It was engaging the whole time. And I would watch it again. I'm going to watch it again. I've only watched it once. So I'm going to watch it again just to kind of, you know, get something out of it. But I can understand why you wouldn't want to watch it again. However, though, you know, I get that. But I liked it. I really thought it was a good movie. And I recommend it to anyone that is not in a struggling relationship. <laughs> don't watch that shit if shit's real. If shit's yeah, real. don't watch it with your girl. Don't watch it with it's your girl or your, your girl, whatever. Yo, and if you got a girl and y'all are already in a toxic place, like, just don't even try to get her not to watch it at all. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I almost feel like you should probably watch it. Because you're like, yo, we don't sound like this, do we? Like, let's try not to. Like this I don't is want to take it that way. <laughs> as soon as you don't agree, as soon as you don't take Marie's side in the argument, it's a problem. You should have thanked her. He should have thanked her. That's all it's gonna be. If you don't, if, if you're a guy, you don't, you don't, you went on uh, Marie's side, and you wouldn't have thanked your girl. No, nah, it's over. <laughs> you know, it's not even the not because I, I could understand how you could forget to thank somebody in the heat of the moment like that. So I get that part. The problem was the nigga didn't just apologize, right? You never said I'm sorry, and you just kept discounting her feelings. Like, don't ask what you like, how you feel. Yeah, but you got everything else. You got the guy. You this is you know did everything else. You are the person. You're everything else. You just wanted the acknowledgement, and you're gonna have this big argument over the acknowledgement. <laughs> it came from a very yeah. She she wasn't trying to have an argument. She was just telling him. She just answered his question. Why are you mad? Here's why I'm mad. But she wasn't even mad. She let everybody else gas her to be mad. All right played i forget the name of the actress that they said was playing her in the movie and they, i guess she they didn't get along either like she had beef with the girl that was playing the part that was supposed to be her yeah i guess she kind of had some um well no she was an aspiring actor himself yeah. iron actor herself and then they picked this girl who was like the it girl and i guess she just had a problem with it because it was like you know you're playing my life Mm-hmm. And I could have did better at playing my life than you could do at playing my life. This was the one place I agreed with him in this whole fucking movie. Was when this uh-huh. part, when this came up, when this conversation came up, he was like, she was like, why didn't you cast me? And he was like, because you didn't fucking want it that bad. Like, you didn't want it bad right. enough. That's why I didn't cast you. That's the only time I was like, mm, he's got a point. I could see that. I'm not going to like, I'm doing this thing. You know, I'm doing this thing. I offer it to you. We talk about it. But if you don't execute on that, that's not, I'm not going to make you want something. I can't want it more than you. I can't want it for you more than you want it type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like the moment I was like, all right, he's kind of got a point there. He's still an asshole, but he got a point. That shit came from the type of place, though. The whole, you know, you should have. Everybody wants to tell you what you're supposed to have done in hindsight. And it's like, mm-hmm. you sat there and you watched me cast that girl. Right, Dex. <laughs> you say nothing to me that whole time. You said nothing to me until now. And you I, didn't even that's feel no the whole friend. argument of the movie. That was her beef. You casted somebody else to play me, and you could have cast me. And you, no, nah, that was the whole issue. Fuck the acknowledgement. She didn't care about the acknowledgement. She wanted the part. <laughs> so that, that's where I'm standing. <laughs> no, that's real though. That, that's the realest shit. You know, but I think that that's. The concept, and I'm. This is the last thing I'm gonna say about you know this whole dynamic. But I think that's the concept of relationships. Period. You have people feeling a type of way, and they won't say how they feel, but they act how they feel. And that's what I mean. Like with her, she had a feeling when she came home, and she was acting like she had that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But she didn't want to say, you know. And then she want to make it seem like everything was that she should be respected because she's like i just came home and i wasn't gonna say nothing about it and i made you some macaroni and cheese i wish your ass would have just went in the house and went to sleep that's what shit did should just went in the house mm-hmm. and went to sleep. you know what i'm saying and stop walking around here making it seem like because you made me some janky ass mac and cheese which a which a badass attitude that everything was supposed to be okay sorry that mac and cheese was made out of spite you know what I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> there was no <laughs> that shit was disgusting. Was no love in that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, <laughs> that's the name of this podcast. There ain't no love in that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
There will be. There's ain't no love in that macaroni. There was no love, man. You tell me how you ate that shit, man. There was no love at all in that shit. That's a fact, Thomas. <laughs> That's a fact. All right. Well, that discovery. Well, that concludes this episode of the podcast. Two good movies. If you have not seen them, definitely check out Judas and the Black Messiah and Malcolm and Marie. Feel free to. Let us know what you think about the movies in the comment section on this here podcast on YouTube or on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook, you know, wherever. Make sure to like, rate, subscribe. Until next time, wash your hands and social distance.